Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink Repeat, the podcast that defines today's dad. The weekly podcast that's like drinking around the campfire with your buddies while laying on your therapist's couch. <laughs> I'm Anthony Palmer. I'm Michael Smith. Palmer, how are you, buddy? I like, I'm good, man. I like our, I like our new intro. That was fun. Zing, zing. <laughs> it sums it up pretty well, though, doesn't it? It does, man. On point. <laughs> Certainly on point, man. We just got done recording a great conversation with a great conversation with Chase Novelik from PowerDot. Uh, Chase is a dad to one. And um, man, we, we dug in deep on this one. This was, this was some good stuff in here. It was great, man. It was uh, y- unique for this episode. We really dug into like generational with him growing up with his dad at such a young age, um, him having his kid at such a young age. It was a fun dynamic and a fun piece to, to really dig into. Absolutely. And you guys heard it right. We said PowerDot. If you remember from, a uh, handful of episodes back, we interviewed the uh, founder and owner of PowerDot, Eric Gladder. And uh, when we interviewed Eric, the folks at PowerDot were oh so kind to hook you all, our loyal listeners, up with a sweet discount code of uh, 20% off anything you purchase at PowerDot. We will, of course, have all of that in our show notes. But the code is also DAD20 if you are just nipping to get on and buy something before you even get into the episode, which I wouldn't blame you. It's, it's cool shit. Guys, if you would, please go head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That is what helps this podcast grow. That is what helps uh, other people find this podcast naturally. That's what keeps us on the charts. If you do, please shoot us a DM or an email and let us know the best way to get you some free Wake Dad Drink Repeat swag. And as always smash the share button. It is so easy. Whatever you're listening to, I promise you there's a little button that says share. Please do it. That is one way that you can support our show, but you know another way you can support our show? Mm, You can buy us a drink. Ooh, I like drinks. I like virtual drinks. I do too. I love virtual drinks. And the nice thing is you worked very hard on our website to make it to where people can buy us virtual drinks and support this show. It's so cool. It's actually just a cheeky way to donate and support the show, but it's like buying us a virtual drink at the cost sum of what a drink costs. So it's a really cool concept, and it's pretty on brand for us. You guys are lucky that Mike and I are cheap dates because <laughs> cheap drinks <laughs> go over well. <laughs> We're not even asking for like high-class cocktails. <laughs> We're not. But also, while you're at our website, if you guys do like what you're hearing, you can consider supporting one of our affiliate partners. We're going to talk about a few of them right now. But if you want to see the full list, you can stay over at our website at wakedeaddrinkrepeat.com and check out the list there. And when we get back, our conversation with Chase Novelik. Buddy, PowerDot. I freaking love this company and this product. PowerDot uses the scientifically proven technology of EMS or electrical muscle stimulation to relieve pain, improve athletic performance, and accelerate recovery from injuries. And as you and many of our loyal listeners know, I <laughs> just recently got the old snipperoo done and had to sit on my ass for two weeks. And man, my first run back post vasectomy, my legs were sore as shit. And I got done and I'm logging everything into my Garmin, which goes into my Strava. And then I get this alert from my PowerDot app on my phone. It's like, hey, you just got done with the run. You know what you need? You need some smart recovery. So I hook those pads up to my quads. 
sat on the couch for a little bit, did some smart recovery, and man, I felt great afterwards. Not only are the world's best dad podcasters complete advocates for this, also the world's best... What? Huh? Also the world's (laughs) best athletes are PowerDot advocates. Uh, Two PowerDot athletes are past Wake Dad Drunk Repeat alumni, Mr. Lawson Craddock, professional cyclist for EF Education First, and Scott Stallings, a professional PGA golfer, are PowerDot professional athletes. So... Um, professional athletes absolutely love this product and uh, couldn't be more proud of what they're doing. What a small world we live in, man. A huge <laughs> thanks to the crew at PowerDot and to Eric for hooking you all, our loyal listeners, up with a 20% off discount of your purchase of anything PowerDot. So just head to our show notes, head over to our website, click on the PowerDot link and enter DAD20 at checkout. That's DAD, capital D-A-D-2-0 at checkout and receive 20% off your purchase of anything PowerDot. Guys, recover smarter, train harder, the world's smartest solution for personalized muscle recovery and pain relief. It's Power Dot. Power Dot! <laughs> Palmer Man, a kid's book about. This is a company that exists solely to make kids' books that matter. And man, they do that. They lean into that heavily. We've had so much work to do in 2020, and we've got so much more work to do in this coming year. Yeah, man, we really have. Um, can you believe that we had Jelani on the founder of a kid's book about like, I think it was towards the beginning of 2020. It's crazy that we've, yeah, so, yeah. we've been talking about this company for, I mean, I, we've been using it for over a year, but we've definitely been talking about it for almost a year, which is just great. Um, man, I think about everything you were just saying and how much we've gone through in 2020 and all that's to come. I'm looking at their website right now. And their books that they have up to pre-order, they've got one about immigration, one about climate change, one about diversity, one about kindness. I mean, and a ton more. But those are some big topics that I plan on getting those books and having those conversations with Anderson and the Palmer household this this year. These books are written for kids and parents alike. Uh, they're written to be digestible, digestible chunks of information that is easy to have a conversation around. And uh, we want to have these conversations. We often seek for the words to have it. And these, these books uh, hit it right on the head, man. Yeah, they really do. It's a, uh, it is a great tool to put into the arsenal as parents to be able to, to figure out how to have these tough conversations. But um, guys, like we said, you can head to our website or you can head to this week's show notes and you can find the link uh, to be able to head to a kid's book about and to be able to order your books today. Thank you to Jelani and the entire team at A Kid's Book About for making kids' books that matter. All right, everyone. We are joined today by Father to Crew. He's husband to Candace. He's a director of marketing and e-commerce at PowerDot, and he won his league's fantasy football championship, or won his league's fantasy football, excuse me, in 2017, Chase Novelchik. See, I fucking did it. I told you I was going to do it. Say your last name for me. Chase Novelich. Novelage. See, I went all Russian on it. Chase Novelage. Mike, you can leave all of that shit in because I called myself out. I on am. It. <laughs> I am. Guys, Chase, man, thanks for being here, buddy. And but like I said, it's been happening my entire life. So it's in good. Somewhere along the lines in the last couple of weeks, I called myself out on like butchering people's names, and it's just gotten worse. Like I think I've like pulled the mask off, so now it's just like 
That's it. There's zero fucks given anymore. <laughs> no holds bar, man. It could, honestly, the last name could be Smith. He will botch it and make it some uh, hard Scandinavian. And I told that, you. That'll be it. Something, I told you. I've been envisioning you as like just some like hardcore Russian CrossFitter for the last couple of weeks staring at your last name. I don't know why. It just seems like it would be a Russian name to me. And I, I pronounced <laughs> it as if it were Russian. So there you go. <laughs> God, you've made it a thing. I did. I always make it a thing. All right. Well, Chase, <laughs> we're going to kick this show off the way we always do by talking about what we are drinking. So what is it that you are sipping on over in California tonight? I am drinking a Pizza Port Chronic Ale. Ooh, in, that uh, sounds tasty. Nice. And I got into my dad mug. The dad. Oh, well played, sir. Well done. Following well in uh, following in Justin Gill's footsteps from the other week with uh, with his best dad ever mug, so I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. And you, and you butchered that name a lot too. So not thank just- you. No, I appreciate you calling me out on it. No, really, it's great. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's been wonderful having you on the show, Robert. Um, <laughs> it's Bachans, everybody. For We're not anybody even that talk wants about that. it. We're just not even going to talk about it. I can't even look at the bottle in my kitchen without feeling like an asshole about it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Buddy, what are you drinking on? I am drinking Jefferson's and maybe I should stop, but I'm not. So I am on the Jefferson's tonight. What about yourself? The night the night is early, man. I went back to my scotch, sir. I'm on my 12-year Glenfiddich. Well, that's lovely. Well, it is lovely, buddy. Gentlemen to three different states, uh, let's have a good conversation. And uh, Chase, man, thanks for being here with us. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. All right. Well, Chase, we're going to get into the meat of it here, man. So uh, the second thing we do on this show is we always ask our guests to share their definition of a today's dad. So we would love to hear yours. Yeah. Um, with a lot of anticipation, a lot of thought around this, I, I think I have to lead by saying that uh, I'm coming definitely from the perspective of a boy dad. I, uh, you know, I have, I have one boy. I'm a, a one of three brothers. So um, no girls at all in the family, but what, you know, I really think it comes down to, to, to two things, leading by example and being emotionally available. And I think that the, the latter really is, is one of the most important things. And I think the reason that being emotionally available is so important is that by being able to listen and, and, and be caring, you build, you build trust with your child and then leading by example from that point on is a lot more impactful. Um, once you have the trust of your child, then, you know, whatever you do, it, they, they idolize you. They look at you as the, as the superhero and they, they want to follow in your footsteps. I know that's how it was with, with me and my dad. And, um, that's something that I'm, I'm trying to work real hard on with my kid as well. Brilliant definition. man. Absolutely. Awesome definition, man. And it's a good um, one two punch. Appreciate it. We have not heard that on the show before. And as you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? That is so I'm thinking of my relationship with my dad growing up and that trust piece and the willingness to follow because of that. And that's I mean, that that hit the freaking nail on the head, man. That is I really, 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 really love that definition. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I, I think one thing I try not to do is push too hard in one one direction or another, because I think that can really have an opposite effect of the way you want it to, to come off, um, not to come off to, to, to work out. Right. Um, you know, I I know, I know as a kid, like if I was told something, if I was told to do something, 
that's the opposite of what I wanted to do. <laughs> but sure. you know, the things that the things that my dad did in his own life without telling me to do are the things that have stuck the closest to me. Well, leading by example is our, um, Chase, what we do is we, we actually log these definitions and we put them in something we call our Rick house, um, on our website and we house every single definition we've ever had. We have 75 of them in there right now. Um, and leading by example is actually the leading, uh, um, definition that we have. However, like that is like, I would call that a dad definition. I would call the emotionally available a- application of like what it is applied to what today's dad is right it's it's the it's kind of the 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 one-two punch that i just said because just leading by example is is half of the argument without having that trust element um to back it up it's 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 important to have man it's super well said well um and very well said from a a boy dad um that that's the accolades that you get to bring to the table as well (laughs) so it's a it's certainly well said yeah yeah, I appreciate it. So, Chase, I want to kind of do things a little bit different uh, on this episode than we normally do. And and the reason being is that we had PowerDots founder Eric Gladder on um, a handful of episodes back. So for those that have been listening to the show, you guys know about PowerDot, about how it kind of came about. And if you don't, Eric's episode is a great resource for going back and, and learning a little bit about that. And I certainly want you to have an opportunity to talk about PowerDot, but I don't necessarily want to go into the whole business piece because we've kind of covered that. And I've, I've been really curious about talking with you about this one thing in particular since we got your guest form. So you, you, you said in your form that you had your son when you were 21 um, yeah. and that your dad had you when, you were, when he was really young as well. Um, how I, I loved you, you put something in there about how, you know, that your son is really kind of is, is, um, your best friend and the relationship you have with him is really strong and how that, that same bond with your dad, how much of that do you think is because of the age when you had your son and, and, and the same applies for your dad? Yeah, I, I, I think a ton of it is, is because of the age thing. You know, I think one thing that was super cool with, with me and my dad. So we grew up the sport, the sport of choice in my family was racing motocross. That's, that's what we all did. It's awesome. Uh, my dad did it. My brothers, all, all three of the brothers did it. The mom, my mom, our mom, was, <laughs> the, the, mom. the mom, we call her the mom. The mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> was at was at the track with us, honestly more than my dad. Um, but what was really cool is he raced with us. You know, he was able to go out and do the same things that we loved. And a lot of my friends didn't have that same relationship with their dad. They, you yeah. know, it was it was more of I guess a, a father son relationship versus like that like best friend type relationship and so sure. kind of like an older brother mentality right yeah, so like yeah. you can and, you know, look think, up to that's doing things in within reach totally and i think that that's compounded with the fact that you know my son's an only child as well so he doesn't have the he doesn't have the brother to to be his best friend you know um and when he listens to this he's going to be like dean's my best friend and i'm like yeah i know but i'm really <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest with ourselves but don't hurt me uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that it, it has a lot to do with the fact that, uh, that, you know, I was young when I have had him and therefore I'm still young and able to, to do all the same things, whether it's football or 
riding bikes or scooters or playing Fortnite, whatever he's into, right. you know? So how was that chapter? Like it's epic when you're there, like at that latter stage where you get to like engage with your son because he's old enough to want to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like the fear and the shit kicker why everybody doesn't sign up at 21 is because you kind of got a 21 year old's life going on. Um, where, like, where were you personally during that stage? Um, yeah. Your life? Was, and like how, how much did uh, you having a kid rock your boat? A ton, a ton, probably more than I really know. And, and it's probably good that it's probably good that it's more that I know than I know. Um, so my birthday's in May, his is in July. So I turned, I turned 21 two months before wow. having him. So I never really had the like typical 21 year old experience. Like we had, you know, we had a, my 21st birthday was not in Vegas. It was at a friend's house and, and we ended up going out to the bar that night for a little, because obviously you have to do that, right? You have to go out to the bar and, and make sure you use yeah. the for the first time. Um, but my wife was pregnant. She was our DD, you know, it was like very much like go to the bar, have a beer. All right, let's, let's take off, you know? So, um, yeah, I never, I never really, I, I never really had like those like the, the twenties. Um, but I, I don't, I don't regret it at all. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Sure, man. Were it's, you able to do like, were you a hellion in high school? Like go ladder teens. Like were, were you able to for <laughs> lack just, of better, like get that shit out of your going, system? Just, Mike, ask that question. Um, <laughs> I find it. I find that level of getting it out of your system in high school, very healthy and quite frankly, very stabilizing, for you being in your twenties, like that, that's how I grew up being. Um, and I certainly, and as long as you had that, I don't feel like you would walk into that almost feeling like you were left out of your, your party years for lack of better definition. Yeah, to totally. Um, and, and yes, a hundred percent, you know, I definitely did my fair. Another reason to get your shit out of your system during high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we promote that now? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. No, we're going to start a campaign. It, we, we did. And, and, you know, I think one thing that helped me is probably for that reason, um, I have, I have a really good group of friends. Like there's, you know, five, six of us that have been real good friends since high school. We all partied together in high school hmm. and then we all moved on pretty much after high school, you know, like it wasn't, no, none of them continued to just you know, have crazy twenties or anything like that. And so, um, there was no like FOMO feeling for me that like, Oh man, everyone's out partying right now and I'm stuck at home with the kid, you know? So that probably helped quite a bit. And, and, you know, they didn't even have kids and that's, that's just kind of the direction that they went. They, they have all now it's funny. Um, just this year, this past year, uh, maybe quarantine babies, but, uh, they have, all, <laughs> they have all now had children and, you know, I'm, I'm eight years removed from their current situation. And, you know, they're like, oh, man, this happened today. And I'm like, yeah, and it's going to happen <laughs> tomorrow. And then, yeah, man. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't get any easier. There's always a new challenge right around the corner for you. It's so true. I was um, my my daughter. Um, when I met my wife, my daughter was um, two. And um, <clears throat> so I inherited you know her with our marriage and you know so totally jumped right into into life and i'm i'm 31 
and Anderson's nine. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in that same window with you, as far as my age and how long I've had a kid and how so many of my peers didn't have kids, you know, um, at the same time. But I, I, it's, it's funny. I, it's something I feel like you just don't really think about because you're so happy with where you are. <laughs> Cause you, know, you like can't it's, change it. Well, but, and, and you've, but you've made your, you've made your situation because you like your situation. Right. That's right? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So, I mean, this is your life that you've built. It, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like, yeah, of course there's days where you're like, Oh God, but every parent feels that way, regardless of how old they or their kids are, you know? Totally. Um, I mean, so I think that's totally fair, but I, I love it's, especially right now with my daughter being nine. And like I said, you know, you've got an eight year old, so you're probably right in the same boat. Like it's funny, man. Like Anderson's like went, went through this phase where she was super into Pokemon and it was hilarious. Like her getting into it and like, she'd be talking to me about things. I'm like, Oh, it is disgusting how much Pokemon knowledge I have in my brain still from when I was a kid, you know? (laughs) Totally, man. My kid, my kid is still super into Pokemon. Yeah. And I was as well, like right. that same exact age. I was super into Pokemon. And so I'm like telling him all kinds of stories. Like, yeah, one of the, one of the worst stories. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's, I guess it's not the worst story, but, um, I when when I was probably about his age, the whole family was into, into riding motocross. We didn't race at the time. And, and I kind of wasn't like super, super into it, but I was super into Pokemon. And so I, we went to a, a card shop and, and, uh, there was a Charizard holographic Charizard card. I think it was probably like 40 bucks or something like that. <laughs> and my mom, my mom made me, a, I told her, I'm like, I need this card. She's like, I'm not spending 40 bucks on a card. And I'm like, you have no, no I, idea. My life is ruined if I don't get this card. <laughs> so I agreed to sell my dirt bike at the time to get this card. I agreed. Wow. Um, and I got, and I got the card now. I wish I still had the card because I would be flashing out in my mom's face. Cause I'm sure that's worth some money at this point. Probably but, worth more than a dirt bike, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But unfortunately the sad part of that story is I don't have the card or the dirt bike anymore. So. It's so, it's so funny, man. This is like, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I've talked to any other dad about this because I, most of my, our peers that we hang out with now, I don't, they weren't, they're a little bit older, so they probably weren't doing the whole Pokemon thing, but like, it is, it is. I don't know one iota thing about Pokemon. Okay. Well, that's why you're can't not a part of this conversation, conversation right now. You. <laughs> so you can just shut up because we're, we're, we're talking Pokemon right now. And As uh, you were. I'm going to attack you with my war turtle if you don't cut your shit. So <laughs> my daughter, like she's like, starts watching, she's like watching the shows and stuff. And I'm sitting there watching them with her. And I'm like, I remember what's getting ready to happen next. I know, I know what it, I know exactly what is getting ready to happen next in this episode. And it's just, it's, it is amazing what you can unearth in those moments. But my, my, my point of all that is it's fun being, having kind of more in common than not, as far as the age gap and the, especially for some of that technology stuff and some of the same interest in, in, shows movies toys all that kind of stuff i mean it's really it's pretty wild um seeing some of those bridges form and and having those those connections with them on that stuff totally agree chase man have you ever had this conversation not about pokemon but like with with your dad like the conversation of the age gap um and kind of like his generation about how it was raising you yeah i mean 
It's a good question, Mike. You know, I, I guess I really haven't. And I, I don't know, you know, when I think about it, Pokemon has done a really good job being around. <laughs> you know, right? I don't, I don't yeah, yeah. know that there's any other, um, there's any other brands that, well, I mean, I guess there's brands, but things that have been around in children's lives for as long as something like Pokemon has been, you know, um, more so there, there, there's definitely like coming of age movies and stuff that, that sure. dad was like, you know, you get hey, it's tough. Have you ever seen fast times at Ridgemont high? Like <laughs> now's the time, now's the, the time for you to see that movie. So, um, de- you know, de- more, more so stuff like that. You mentioned in your guest form music, you said your dad was like a big grunge fan and that you have like some nostalgia with that. And I like, I think that's that the nostalgia word was a good word for it because it, it really is that like, like I said, it's that flood of like emotions and feelings that come back and you're like, Oh my God, like I like what you remember, not just the memory of that thing, but just where you were in your life and what it meant to you in those moments. 29. You're 29. Oh shit! All right, because yeah. you said your dad was into grunge. I was like, what the fuck? I like, I was, I was grunge in high school. Like, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm very. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. So You're I was. I thought you were sir. 91. My dad was 24 at the time. Um, Got it. Born, and so he was like, like the never mind, Nirvana Nevermind came out the month I was born, and that's pretty much what yeah, my yeah, dad yeah. was listening to, and that's my <laughs> favorite album of all time. Like. To this day, cool. and and I went through a phase where that definitely I was not interested at all in grunge. Like in high school, I was like super into hip hop music and sure, sure, whatever. But now that I've gotten older, um, like all I li- I have a '90s I have a '90s grunge playlist on my phone that that's like pretty it's pretty fun, man. Right? Into. <laughs> it's it's funny how like how standalone the nineties were in music. Yeah. Like it's not like anything else. It's really funny. Cause now to go against that, even fun, like some grunge shit is getting thrown into like classic rock playlists oh, <laughs> or yeah. radio stations. Well, I thought you were going to go Which, the other way and say that like, even in like modern music, like they're throwing grunge in, right? Like a lot of these, like even correct. pop artists and stuff are coming out with other like, end of the spectrum. Absolutely. Music. Yes. And it's super rad. Um, yeah. So, yeah yes the, it was i think grunge was really was like the from a music standpoint he, your dad was a what i said i think my dad was a huge influence on the music that i'm that i'm into sure today. yeah that's awesome that's awesome i think uh, grunge could only have existed in the 90s just because it was like the the stress <laughs> of actual instruments before like electronic got good enough to be electronic and like since really like came into play. So it was really, it had to live, it had to live there um, because then it, then it went so computerized. Mm, fun. So you kind of going back to your today's dad definition for a minute. Um, we, we talked about the leading by example piece and the trust piece, I guess a little bit already, but the emotionally available piece, I think that's something that we've, we've, this year in particular, I feel like we've talked about on the show a lot, um, be it with our conversation with Jason Kander. Um, you know, I, I just feel like we've kind of, or Neil, I feel like we kind of have just circled that yeah, man. a few a times, but, um, is that it's just like awareness is, is, but it's like the stressors of it right now. Like yeah. Really the highs and the lows of it right now in the world of COVID, um, and just our world in the past year and a half. 
Chase, is that something that you feel like you have you, that you try to like actively do for um, for your son, or is it something that you feel like comes pretty naturally to you to just be able to be in those moments and and listen and empathize and share? Or how does how does that kind of work for you? Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head that you know you're you're t- we're, we're all talking about it a lot more this year, um, and, and I and I don't know how everyone's life's been impacted by, by COVID. But for me, prior to COVID, I was working down in car. I live up in Temecula and work in Carlsbad. It's about an hour commute without traffic, hour and a half with traffic. And, um, you know, I'm, I like to think that I'm super dedicated to work and I spent a lot of time at the office and then a lot of time commuting. And I wasn't, I wasn't home a lot, you know? Um, and I probably wasn't as emotionally available as, as I needed to be, to have that bond with, with crew. And, um, this year or, you know, the, the past year has really like flipped that on its head for, for me. Um, we've been at home every, the entire company has been working from home since March. And prior to that, it was, you know, my wife was, was with crew a lot more and, she worked at the time, but she was working kind of part-time and, you know, pretty much just the hours that he was at school, she was working and then she'd pick him up and she'd run him to practice or wherever he needed to be. And, um, and she was really there for him and I'm super grateful for that. But, um, you know, one thing that I've been real grateful for of the last year, uh, is having a lot more time with him at home. So like, this is actually his school desk right here at the office. I have an office down the street from the house and, he does school here every day. So I'm, I'm pretty much with him 24 seven now. And, and mom actually got a different job, right. When COVID started, she started working for a bottling facility that made hand sanitizer. So it was completely flipped. Like she was working 12 hours. Right. Yeah. And I'm with crew all the time. And so I think by default, I had to just, I had to be more emotionally available for him. You know, I had to be able to answer to those things that mom was typically answering to. And so um, you know, I, I, I would say largely it has come natural, but it's been forged out of the fact that it's a necessity for, for our children to be able to have that type of relationship with somebody. And that somebody is me as I'm with him all the time now. What do you think it will look like more or less the family dynamic moving forward? Like, I don't, let's squeeze a little more flexibility from COVID. Who knows how long we'll be living how we are now, but like the next chapter, what do you think your family dynamic will be? And what, what would you like hope it would be? I mean, would you love a balance or like, where, where do you lie on yeah. where, where you hope you're able to go? Totally. I mean, I think that it, it, you know, it's not to say that like mom's like not around anymore, you know, like sure. it's, it's me and crew, <laughs> sure. but, but sure. I think it'll, you know, I think it'll come back to center and some, something's going to have to happen. Right. Like, you know, mom has this job now and um, you know, we'll, we'll find some sort of balance as we, as we go back into the office and, and things go a little bit more back to quote unquote normal or new normal or whatever we want to call it. But um, yeah. I, Is that back I, to I, center? I'd like for things like to go back, back in the honest. I'm sorry. Like back, back to you say back to center. Do you mean like you back to the office, um, and like more or less gone, like you were gone, or like trying to find some balance of both of you guys being present? Like, do do you feel like your work situations would allow for a more 
center balance situation for you guys? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that, you know, I think talk about silver linings. I think that this is a huge silver lining for, you know, for everybody. Um, it's an opportunity, man. Yeah. It's, these are conversations. Um, obviously you guys, we, we talked about, you guys have had Eric on the podcast and Eric's a great guy. And he's somebody that I'm very comfortable going to with kind of whatever I'm, whatever I'm dealing with in life regardless. Right. Um, but this is already something that we've, we've had discussions about like, Hey, this is, this has brought on a new sense of what family and being a dad means to me. And, uh, I'm not willing to go back to, to the old way. So we need to, you know, try to figure out a way that that can work for everybody. And without a doubt, having time face to face with, with employees and peers is, is super important. Um, but it's not the most important thing. And, and, you know, I think family is, is the most important thing. And, and I've realized that Eric's definitely realized that. And so, um, I don't think, you know, we won't be going power dot will not be going back to a five days a week in office, you know, 10 hour, 12 hour days, um, spending time away from family. So. Yeah. There's going to be companies that do, right? So, I mean, there's yeah. just going to be. There's certain businesses that require it more than others. And it and there's some heads of state at businesses that aren't going to allow it to be any different. But, like, I am, I am so incredibly interested to see the other side of this, to see just what happens and how many businesses adapt that kind of model. Because... It's gonna. I think it's gonna be really hard to bring employees back. I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are sitting in the same place that you are, who are like, "Man, I don't want to. Like, I want to provide for my family. I want a job. I get all that. But like, I can go over here, and I only have to go in the office three days a week, or I, you know, I'm only because everybody's realized that you're not. It's not as necessary anymore, or that that balance can be achieved, and you and you can still be productive and effective. And, you know, so I, I'm so curious to watch where this, where this goes. It has to be an element of a recruiting tool that, that will be, it will be raised on the importance of a recruiting tool for, for, Oh yeah. And yeah. And the, and the, the point is us as employees, you as an employee, you get to choose, I mean, in a great world, we get to choose where we work. So you, you get to make those choices and hopefully the demand would force people to make those the, the companies that aren't leveraging that they'll see that they're not getting that talent pool. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I hope and predict that's where it goes. And I think a lot of the younger talent, um, be, like being, you know, er, people that are in their early twenties right now, maybe coming out of college, like sure. they, they were already on that program. Right. Like yeah, maybe, sure. maybe yeah. for the wrong reasons, because they wanted to like <laughs> go like wanderlust in Bali or something sure. like that. But <laughs> But they were already on that program. And I think businesses were having a hard time adjusting to the fact that like, hey, if I'm going to hire a creative, like they're probably not going to work inside this office five days a week. Um, yeah. So I think it was already going that way. This is this is an accelerator of, of something that was already happening um, and more so opens up the minds of, of the other people in the organization that were maybe having a little bit of a harder time and really just showed everybody that like, to your point, we don't need to be in an office sitting next to each other. Like I, I used to go in an office and sh- into my own office and sit there all day and sometimes never talk to anybody. So why do I need to be? Sure. There? Sure. That's so productive. <laughs> you now, the other side of that is you're now sitting in your office currently with your son's uh, school desk right behind you. So how has that, <laughs> how has that transition been for you as far as, 
I mean, I know I, I heard all the positives of it, of you guys getting the time together and everything. And yeah. I, I get that. And I appreciate that as somebody who works from home and I had my daughter home for half of third grade and the first half of fourth grade. But, um, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time together. It's a lot of sitting on top of each other and, and finding, finding that new balance of managing your schedule, but also being able to help when their computer crashes or when something freezes and they need help. So how, how is that? (laughs) How's that been for you guys sitting in the same room doing it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, tough, tough, regardless. I think I, I, I have it fairly easy, all things considered. He's a super self-sufficient kid. So that that portion of it has made it easier than like I, you know, some, sometimes his teacher will like unmute a kid and it just sounds like chaos. And, right. and I'm like, crazy. And then all of a sudden she's muting him real quick. And me and my son are looking at each other laughing like, whoa, Scotty's mom was not too happy right there. But um but yeah, I mean, it, it's been, it's been a challenge at first. It was like a, a big challenge. Like I didn't even realize what it really took to make sure that life was normal for him. Um, like the amount of bouncing around that happens, like school is a, is one portion of it, but school in general, isn't that long in the day, right? They're only there for a certain amount of time. So you drop them off. And then you got to pick him up in this scenario, we come here, but he's done with his school by like noon every it's like eight to noon. It's it's bananas. So it happens real quick. And then, then he's bored. Then he wants to do something. And so I think at first it was me like being kind of stuck in my ways of no, I need to work. Like these are work hours right now. And then over time I started to realize like, what are your work hours? Like, we're fine. Like I'm sending emails or like doing some creative. I can do that tonight. Like, yes, we can go to, we can go rock climbing or we can go, you, you can have fun. I can keep it. I can keep it somewhat normal in your life. And so, um, yeah, at first it was a big challenge. Now, now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's less of a challenge, but on the flip side of that, I feel bad for him a lot. You know, I want him to be able to go back to school. I want him to have some, some normalcy in life. And like I said, he's an only child. So that was, that was never a big problem until Hmm. friendship got stripped away from him. Now, luckily we have good friends in the neighborhood and stuff, but largely friendship got, got, got stripped away. And so um, I think that was the hardest part seeing that for him and knowing that he was getting, that piece of life was being stripped away. Like, like I told you guys earlier, friendship was huge for me. Your, yeah. your comment earlier about, you know, you guys kind of being best friends. Has that just been incredibly amplified because of the pandemic? I mean, I, it, it is very, it is, it is so incredibly apparent. I literally just typed to Mike that the bond between father and son is such a huge piece of you. So like that's, that is very clear, but has that, has that friendship piece really been like dialed in since, since COVID or do you feel like you guys were, you guys were kind of there anyways? Yeah. I mean, well, so, so, so no, like, so mom was, mom was historically his best friend through like six, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a joke in the house, right? Mom was his best friend and I was just dad. Yeah. Right. Uh, (laughs) I I bribed him. I think it was like for his birthday. 
at some point I bribed him like, Hey, for the next year, I get to be your best friend, but <laughs> you know, you'll get this. I forget what it was, but I like that tactic. I need to take that tactic. <laughs> and, and it worked. And, and so I was his best friend until eight, eight years old. So I guess it was, it must've been seven because eight years old was the marker, right? He was supposed to go back to mom being his best friend. Now enter COVID <laughs> situation. And now, uh, and, and now, you know, we're still, we're still best friends. And, um, by his definition, we're best friends and, um, mom, mom now calls him mini chase because he <laughs> picked up on a nice. lot of, uh, my characteristics. So what, That's what awesome, we can man. take away from that is that you caused COVID to keep your son calling you his best friend. So <laughs> it's all, yeah. this whole, it's, all of this falls on you because of, uh, I, I might actually be patient zero. Um, in, in all honesty, I, there's, there's a joke about that too. In the family, I, I was like insanely sick in late November, early December timeframe went to the doc. I, I, I avoid the doctors at all costs, but I went to the sure. doctors, um, cause I was, just, I couldn't even move. I was, felt like I was dying. And, uh, they're like, Oh, you have a flu. Stop being a baby. And I'm like, wow. Like that whole meme about guys having the flu and thinking they're <laughs> Man, dying. Flu, real cold. But, well, and so then like literally that I got better in the next week, Eric and I flew to Amsterdam for, an, uh, we, we sponsored a glory kickboxing event. So we flew out to Amsterdam and I was still kind of sick. So I, I joke about the fact that I was <laughs> all over the, the world. Hot damn. Well, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have, uh, maybe we shouldn't have talked about that on the pot. I don't know. Fauci, Fauci's coming for you, man. <laughs> which, so which might be cool. What does, what does uh crew think about dad being a senior director of uh, marketing and uh, e-commerce for a badass company like PowerDot? Like, is that cool to him? Yes, it is. And and I very much didn't know if, if it was going to be like one of one thing that I like wanted in life from a very young age, like I always knew I wanted kids and I always wanted to be the dad that like worked somewhere cool, you know, like sure. worked somewhere sure. cool, knew cool people could get them autographs, you know, like that for whatever reason, like as superficial as that is, like that was just something to me that I always wanted to be able to do. Yeah. Lo and behold, I find myself in this position. Check, sir. <laughs> working with these cool people. And uh, luckily for me, he thinks it's very cool. He wears his PowerDot shirts with pride. He uh, he overhears a lot of my conversations. So I'll go home and or we'll go home and he'll be like, hey, dad, uh, I was thinking, you know, what if you gave everybody a free T-shirt that bought a PowerDot? And like he's coming up with marketing ideas and stuff. And so, it, yeah, it's cool. He, man. he very much likes it and he very much thinks it's cool. And Luckily, like, you know, I've connected with, uh, with Justin Gill through, through Eric and, and, and Bachans has become a staple in our house and, and he dives you, right You in said on. it correctly, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. No, I you know, didn't. I know it's Bachans. It. <laughs> yeah. It's like bat, Bachans. I, I know. I'm stuck, in, I'm stuck in my own way on that one too, but <laughs> it's all right. It but really is. Yeah. So crew, crew, love, like crew's an advocate mm -hmm. for it. Like anytime that we go anywhere, he's telling people like, Oh, you have to try this sauce. He's, he's all about it. And then, uh, now the new thing is, is, uh, kind humans, which you guys also yeah, have with Lonnie. Yeah. Awesome. And Lonnie just sent, um, Lonnie just sent crew a care package. So crew plays flag football and Lonnie sent him a care package. So we he got to pass out 
Um, he got to pass out hats to all of his teammates with a bunch of stickers. Oh, that's super cool. So good. The opposing team kindness passed it on, you know? Um, and then Lonnie was, was cool enough to send a video to the, to the team and, and kind of pump the team up. So so like I checked that box of like knowing cool people and being man, able that's to really cool. That, <laughs> pass that through to the kids. So <laughs> I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to keep him as my best friend, <laughs> and and genuinely not not blowing smoke up your ass or anybody in like your direct circle, the whole power dot circle or family. Every single name you just said, man. It has been a joy for Palmer and I have been able to talk to every single one of them because honestly, the root of all of it, funny enough, it's kind of like I'll, I'll rip off Lonnie. Like it's kindness counts, kindness matters. Like you, you guys are so genuine about helping people, sharing your story, helping other people, elevating other people's story that, I mean, all the way to him giving hats to your, <laughs> to your son's team, right? Like it's so genuine and it's so sincere and it just, it just brings a damn smile to my face. Well, and all those people that, are. Like, like correct the names you just mentioned and then you think about like Lawson Craddock and Scott Stallings and Kevin Sprouse and these other people we've had on the show that you know are affiliated with you guys in one way or another and um I mean it's just really it's 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 a it's a unique uh it's a unique round of people that we've gotten to gotten to it's a cool hub through you guys or that are associated with you guys and it's it's super cool yeah no totally and I couldn't I couldn't be more stoked to be a part of a part of that like family that group and um and and have my son be just as as stoked as i am to be a part of it as well yeah man so you whatever you're gonna say you're probably wrong and you, there's no answer to it but like cruise eight he's around really cool people he has cool access he's got a cool dad he's got cool marketing ideas what do you think he's gonna do I don't know. And I really don't care. If you nail this on the head, like I'm going to be so impressed. Like, let's talk in 20 years and see if you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, in, in all honesty, um, I, I don't really care what he does as long as he figures out what he wants to do. Like, again, we were talking early earlier about like not trying to push too hard in one direction or the other. That's something that's real big for me that my parents didn't, didn't push me in one direction or another. Um, and I went a very unconventional route, um, didn't go to college, didn't, you know, like didn't really know. I, I, I thought I was going to be a graphic designer, which I still do in my trade today, but, um, you know, life largely like steered me in the right direction. And so I think if we go back to, you know, that definition of dad, like being able to instill the right characteristics that will make him a good person Mm-hmm. he'll fi- he'll figure out what he wants to do um yeah. yep. i think his latest his latest one that he wrote for school every year at the beginning of the year we have him write like what what do you want to be you know on the little board that he holds up and i'm pretty nice. sure that the latest one was um that he just wanted to be a boss so um, <laughs> he wants to he wants to own like, a company and like rick ross the boss or no like i don't think so because there's there's a big difference between a boss and a boss <laughs> yeah, yeah, no i think i think the latter i think he just wants to own a company and, and be his own boss right so yeah um you know to me that's if you can do what to, to me what that means is he wants to do what he wants to do and he wants to have ultimate kind of um you know vision over over his his life and career path yeah. and i couldn't i couldn't be happier about that so i've got an interesting question i've got an interesting question for you along that along that line um i was 
specifically for, for, you know, the three of us and, and our kids ages and everything, as we watch this evolution happen, you, you put something in your guest form about how you, you know, you spend a lot of your reading time on Twitter, learning from people that you hold in high regard. And I was thinking as I was reading uh, about just that access piece, right? Like we have so much access that are, that previous generations didn't have as far as like, if I want to know what so-and-so thinks about this, I mean, I can pretty much find it, you know, it, it, at, without having to work too hard at it. Yeah. Um, your son is sitting in an office with you, watching you work, doing school, but also absorbing kind of what you're doing and what's going on around you. I mean, there, you gotta, you gotta think you're molding them a little bit. And I'm not saying that in a way of you, I'm not taking away you saying you're not pushing him in a direction, but he's absorbing so much of that from you. Um, what do you, what do you think about this next, our, our kids, this next generation and, and that, that access piece, that way in which they're going to interact and be able to learn and grow um, as humans. Like, are you excited for them about, are you excited for our kids about the opportunities they have? Does it scare you a little bit? Like where, where do you fall on that whole thing? Cause I'm scared we're going to be in white rooms with VR headsets on and nobody's going to talk to anybody in real life. <laughs> yeah, no, no. To- I think you hit the nail on the head with, with what you just said. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. <laughs> don't say but, that out loud. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's going to be everybody. And one thing that, one thing that comes to mind on that topic is, you know, I think access to to information is a great thing right being resourceful sure. being resourceful is a great thing but access to too much i hate this word but too much privilege is is very destructive you know and that could mm-hmm. be privilege in the sense that you know ha, you know whatever ha, having it easy right like i think right. a lot of kids these days have it very easy um and in general that lowers productivity, right? And when you lower productivity, that has a negative impact on society. And so, um, you know, as long as, as long as we're careful as parents to not overprivilege our children, but then still give them access to the tools that they need to succeed. If we can find that balance, I have a ton of hope for the next generations. Um, but I also completely could see where that could go, you know, off the rails. And I think largely it has in some regards, but, um, you know, I hope that, I hope that's brought back to, to center in some regards and, and people figure out how to adapt technology advances so fast. Yeah. I think that that causes a bit of an issue. Um, but us as a, as a, as a species, the human race, like we're pretty good at adapting. So I think we'll figure it out. It's the whole with great power comes great responsibility thing, right? So it's, it's knowing how to leverage the tools to your advantage, but not become a slave to them or a victim to them, you know? And yeah. I think that's, that is one of the great challenges as a parent right now. Um, you know, it's wonderful that my, my daughter lives in a, or goes to a school district where they have a one-to-one ratio with technology. I mean, from kindergarten through 12th grade, every single kid in Knox County schools has a laptop. That's great. I mean, there's, there's, there's huge advantages to that, but then there's also these moments where it's like, and I don't, nobody can literally write with a pencil. 
Well, but 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 the but is that to bad? Answer... Is that I mean maybe that's bad, but is that bad though? Like, well, I tried, said, is it? I don't know. I try to. That's one thing that I really try to do as a parent. And, and sorry to kind of maybe go off on a tangent here. No, but, go. But I try. You know, do we? I need try to not be that guy that's like, you're. It, sc- screen time's a real thing, right? Like we have to be very careful with that. But I, right. but I also try not to like push them away from those things because those are the ways of the future. That is what people are going to be using. You know, my son, for example, alienate. He, uh, like, if he's going to send mom a, a message, he, he voice chats it. He doesn't even type it out. You know, that bugs but me so much. I don't know why, me. but it bugs me so much. It bugs me as well. Damn millennial. It, it bugs me as well, but like, yeah, like millennial, like, are we, are we that next generation of like, of get off your text back, message, you know, like, back, you back in my day, I used my thumbs to type out a text, you lazy bastard, like, Palmer, Palmer, you were telling me earlier that, that your mom gets mad when you tell her to, to text you because you're not going to answer the call, like, you don't yeah. always answer it's the phone, exact same right? conversation. Like, it's the yeah. same yeah. The next generation, and like, so I, I try to at all costs be cognizant of the fact that like just because that's something that i do and that's the way i want it to be yeah. doesn't mean that it's something that he's going to do in the way that he wants it to be and so i think that's where even on very basic basic things i try not to push too hard we had um uh right when we started the show we had greg spiridelis on the show uh he's the creator um emmy award winner of the story bots if you know the story bots on netflix he's uh, him and his brother started jib jab um big creation dude um but uh his today's dad definition he had he had many arms of it but he, he said not to impose generational biases on his kids um and it was that was the first time that we've heard that on the show and it's Exactly what you just said. Hit it on yeah. the head, man. He used an example of like Fortnite. Kid, I like think his, actually he said yes. His kid was playing Fortnite, and then you just go in and just turn off the TV because you've been telling him to get off the TV. But what he's doing is strategizing with a dozen of his buddies, just like we used to when we were playing sports outside. Um, and like he's ten layers deep in this strategy game, and you just ripped it out of his hand because it's a video game to you. Um, like we need to realize how important it is on that level because it's different. It's just freaking different yeah. and we just can't connect with it. Yeah. And we're probably going to be living in a VR world anyway. So they should probably get pretty good at video games. <laughs> yeah, somebody's <laughs> going to have to be able to drive us that. around. No, it's, um, I think <laughs> we need, we need them. To I don't take think they will. <laughs> right. I don't, think nobody will have, I don't think anybody will have to drive us around. That's the thing. I, um, point. that, that balance piece is, is definitely the most, you, you, you mentioned, you, that your son has a phone and before we started recording, I think, and like, so my daughter, our daughter's got a, an iPad, um, that she, you know, we have our own Apple ID on it. So she, she texts the family and she's got a couple friends that have devices that she can text them on and, and, but it's all Wi-Fi based, right? So she's got to be at our house or at my parents' house or, yeah. or something like that. And, and, and it's great. I love that she, can do that during the pandemic it's been really nice because like i'll be down in our gym in the basement running or, or doing whatever and i'm like all right I'm, I'm going to work out for 30 minutes if you need me text me like don't come downstairs your brother's napping like just stay in the room that you're in and be quiet <laughs> you know like <laughs> but it's great so i'll be like on the treadmill and she'll like facetime me i'm like what? i'm padlocking your door your dad, ass can't get dad, out dad, i gotta ask you a question you what i'm in the middle of a run can i can i have a snack yes leave me the fuck alone i'll get you a snack in a little bit but it's like <laughs> But 
there are, there are some massive advantages to it, but I do, I do get to that point where to what you said a few minutes ago, it's like knowledge is great. Access is great. Curiosity is great, but it's like, is it better to Google, you know, what, and I guess we're all victim. I, 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 the example I was going to give is stupid because I was going to say, is it better to ask Alexa every morning what the temperature is, or is it better to like get up and look out the window? But I'm sitting here thinking, God, how many mornings do I start my day with looking at the weather app on my phone? I'm just not asking Alexa to tell me what the weather is, you know. And it's yeah, it's exactly what you just said, you know. I mean, it's yeah, no, it, it's no it, different. It is. It's it's generational and like yeah. I mean, I I I definitely hear you. The one thing I will say is we have a we have a strict zero YouTube policy in the house because good for I you think- guys, man. That's a hard one to get back in the freaking bag once that comes out. It is hard, but here's, you know, we, 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 t- we brought up privilege a second ago. Yeah. And what I hate about YouTube, and I don't know if your kids are the same way, but all they want to watch is privilege. The, garbage kids walking in the garbage kids. top is Ryan's toy review, right? All they want to watch yep. is Ryan's toy review. Dude, Ryan gets. Yep everything the kid wants that's that's life on youtube life on youtube is you get everything you want and then you play with it and that's all you do and and then on top of that you make a ton of money and yeah that is something that i don't like and it's very scary scary to me that because that changes their behavior over time and so we've we've done a zero youtube policy in the house i like that watch youtube you can't if he wants to watch like something specific then all okay like that one video but it's not like a two-hour youtube yeah that's that's the enabling the terrible terrible characteristic traits like yeah we we might not care what our kids do in the future but what we do care about is instilling drive is instilling is instilling strength is resiliency like that's that's what we teach yes however if everybody's taught access is because you're wonderlusting in Bali. I'm taking pictures of yourself <laughs> and you're getting paid a million dollars because you're posting on Instagram. Like we're just, we are teaching fast cash and whore yourself out is the American way right now. Um, yeah, and that's totally. what's scary because that that's what, the, not only is it being taught, like that's what we're being told to look up to as well. Um, and that's what it gets, what it gets our eyeballs. It gets our time. It gets our, it's, it's on an unhealthy level, um, and it's scary. And like what Justin even said, he went on an awesome vacation with his daughters. They were in a gorgeous place in the world, and every single one of them were down on their friends like this. Yeah, it's like that—that's a tipping point, man. That—that um, that is that is a lot of things culminating to a point where like we're not even living in today's space. So, flip of that. I went for <laughs> I went for a mountain bike ride today and I got done and I called I called Michelle my wife to tell her I was done and heading home and didn't die and um my my daughter was in the car with her and we just bought Anderson in the way of buying new bikes in the world of covid we bought her a new bike in January that she's not going to get till the end of May because it's impossible <laughs> to get a fucking bike right now but she's got this beautiful I think it's a 1 by 12 like trek cup like it's it's a oh, i bought her a woman's extra small so i mean she's got like a pimped out ass mountain bike that's coming her way at the end of may um 
that I'm super jealous of secretly, if you couldn't tell by my comments there, but <laughs> I was telling her, I'm like, Anderson, I just rode this trail. I hadn't ridden before. And like, this is perfect. I'm like, this is, this is the first time we get your bike. Like this is the, the second we pick it up from the bike shop. This is, this is the trail we're coming to. Like, this is going to be awesome to come out here and you're going to love it. And she's like, well, sweet. Did you get some pictures? And I said, no, I actually, I didn't pull my phone out for the whole hour. I was out today. Like I just didn't, I just, you know, and she goes, well, that's good, dad, because actually I was watching this documentary on, I think she actually said YouTube because she, she watches like a lot of science <laughs> stuff on there and she goes, and they said that if you, you actually, if you pull your phone out and take pictures of stuff, it doesn't last in your memory as long because you're tricking your mind into saying that I don't have to remember this because I can look at this picture. So it's really actually better to not take pictures. And I'm like, all right, so there's the flip side of it, right? <laughs> Is that they're now... They're, they're, they're using technology to learn to not use technology. (laughs) And that goes back to like finding that center, right? Like, like really figuring out how to utilize these. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's all good. As long as that's what's happening. There's maybe, yeah, exactly. And there's maybe a large part of this that like, we don't know how to use these tools to their full advantage. So we're scared of them, but they've grown up with them. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I've largely grown up with, with the internet right. as well. Right? Like it was, I, I was pretty young when the internet came right. around. But. You know, Pokemon, you're fine. You, you, yeah, I mean, exactly. you, were, you weren't on dial up that long. <laughs> <laughs> but like these kids have really grown up in it, right? So they, that's all they know. And yeah. Yeah. they're going to have to figure out how to live with it. And so going back to like, you know, shielding your kids too much from certain things, like that can be, that can be detrimental sure. on its own. You know, sure. or or not partying in your high school years. I was just going to say, man, it's the exact same thing of find a balance. Uh, pick your years and pick your time and um, pick your it's, poison. It's making sure it's <laughs> yeah. As long it's as exactly right. Yeah, I always I I tell crew all the time. I said the only bad mistake is the mistake you make more than one time, right? So like you got to learn somehow. Yeah, yeah. So nicely said, man. So nicely said. Um, let me go to that was a um, fun little tangent we just went on, boys. I liked that. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> Great tangent. Um, Chase, man, tell me, talk, talk about like the most challenging moment of you and fatherhood. Um, it could be Tuesday. It could be like the all time <laughs> leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because we, we talked about my buddies having kids recently and like being like, Oh man, like, the kid wouldn't stop crying today. It was like the worst day ever. And I'm like, yeah, until tomorrow. And then like, that's probably going to yeah, yeah. maybe be the, you know, that has potential to be the worst day ever of, of fatherhood. You know, <laughs> like I think there's always new challenges that are, that are coming, coming around the corner for you. But um, when you look back, like once you clear through it and you look back, I think if I, if I were to reflect, it would probably be, it, it, maybe this doesn't qualify as a, as a good answer, but pre fatherhood like when i was 20 years old and found out that i was going to be a father like like we weren't married we weren't married we i was 20 like i probably i don't even remember but i was probably making like i don't know 16 bucks an hour or something stupid like i was making no money at all and so i had all these bridges i had to cross i had to like we had to tell her dad we had to had to figure out how i was going to afford it like to figure out what I was going to do. It's a scary place for a 20 year old, man. And so that, that, 
that was probably in hindsight, the, the toughest part of fatherhood. I get that, man. How, um, how long were, um, you and Candace together? We were together for about a year and a half before. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's gotcha. not, not a ton of time. Um, obviously not planned. Um, but again, something I wouldn't change for the world. Yeah, man. How, yeah, man. Absolutely. It's awesome to be awesome to be where you're at, man. And bravo for, uh, for doing it right. It's not the easy track, man. But yeah, well done. Totally. How, how was it? Uh, this is like every man's like shitting nightmare at that age. How was it telling her dad? Um, so surprisingly easy. He, he largely because of the way that he accepted it, you know, he was, he was open to, he was open to it. And, and we had a pretty, I was actually living, she was living with him and I had just like fairly recently moved in. He, he really, his girlfriend lived in Encinitas. So he was like staying at her house most of the time. And it was like pretty much Candace's house. So I had moved in and like, so we had already kind of like built, even though the relationship was like fairly young, we had built her, myself and her dad had built a fairly good relationship. And so, um, yeah, yeah it was, it was fairly easy. So kudos to him for strong for making it easy awesome. for me. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Gentlemen, would we like to start some not so rapid, rapid fire questions? <laughs> Let's do it, man. Yeah, I'm in. All right, Chase, as we say here at Wake Dad, Drink and Peep, say the first thing that comes to mind, there are no wrong answers, but don't get it wrong. Do you understand? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure, none whatsoever. Uh, question number one for you, sir. Your drink of choice. Oh, I mean, it's beer. And if we're going brands, I'd probably say Modelo at the moment. Really? I Modelo. I got That's it. fun. Yeah. It's it just, just it's right. it goes down easy. It always tastes good. It it's always there for me. So yeah, my wife like has that. celiac, and that's one of the few like non like gluten free specifically manufactured beers that she can drink. And uh, so we we do a lot of Modelo. I love Modelo. Nice, fun. Um. All right. Next question for you. Um. What's the dumbest thing that you did as a kid that you hope crew doesn't do that you want to say on a podcast? Oh yeah. That you want to say on a podcast is probably the, uh, the kicker there. <laughs> I think, I think I want a top 10 list. We, if we were going to go like dumb, we'd probably would have to go top 10. So, um, <laughs> as dumb as I'll, I'll say this as dumb as I was as a kid, I was never dumb enough to get caught. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I think I'm gonna leave, and I think I'm gonna leave it that way. Does that does that work? I like that, that answer. Well said, that's man. Good. Well said. <laughs> All your friends listening, like that son of a bitch. I knew it. That was him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good answer. Um, all right, next question for you: most annoying song, show, or movie um, that crew has made you listen to a thousand times over? <sighs> I mean. A majority of them, but one that I really <laughs> can I say all? It, yeah, every show he's ever watched. No, um, it, the one show that, or the I don't even know if it's a show because they're like shorts, but it really, but it just I never liked it. I think it was called like Larva or something like that. Oh my god! They all they do talk. is scream. All they do they is just, scream. Yeah, they just make noises and stuff. And it's oh, it's horrible. 
Turn that off. Is that like off. Netflix? Is that like the Hawaiian island, like yeah. red larva thing? Yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah. The sewer drains yeah. and stuff. I'm just yeah. like, watching this. Can we maybe not do this anymore? That's it. Yeah, that's I anarchy. Cannot stand that show. And I cannot stand the concept of shorts because they are just annoying as piss because it's like you have to <laughs> keep hitting next episode all the time and yeah. they want to watch it again. And it's like, you, you're like, all right, I'm going to put it on. And then I have two minutes to get done whatever I'm going to get done before I have to restart this episode for you again. Totally. At least and I don't even know. So it's your, it's your pacifier. It's the shortest pacifier. God, I don't know why they like it. I just don't know why they like it. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I'm just like, whatever. I'm going upstairs. It is garbage. My two-year-old perfected the scream of the red larva. Like, I guess his name is actually Red. And, I mean, you know the way that, like, a two-year-old can just hit that high pitch? Like, he just hit it. Because my my daughter watched the show all the time. And so Oliver would watch it with her. And he he would hit that scream. And it's like, as I'm talking to you about it, I can hear it. And I'm getting goosebumps because it's, it's like, (laughs) the worst sound on the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to bring that up for you then. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Palm um, you're up. All right. Next question for you. Um what's the most important lesson that you learned from your dad? Hard work. My it, yeah, def- definitely hard work. I-, I think, you know, I didn't touch on this earlier, but my dad worked nights pretty much my entire life. So oh, wow. Oh, well. he, and th- this is probably why I have the dad definition that I have, right? Because even though he worked nights, even though he was sleeping most, most of the time during the day and working all night, um, he was still there for every single race that we had on the weekends. Like he would work all night and then not sleep and go to the race on Saturday and be there for us and be there for us. If we got first place or if we got last place and we were destroyed. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the, I guess hard work is probably the the biggest lesson that I've learned from my, from that's my awesome, man. Um, what's the best thing that I'll flip that. What's the best thing that you've learned from crew? Oh, the, the, the fact that I need to be there to, to, to be there for him, right? Like outside of the like typical dad stuff, um, I guess this goes back to the, to the emotionally available thing. Like that's not, you asked this earlier, it's not in my nature to be like, I'm not an emotional person. Um, but I know that I need to be there in that way for my son. And so that's, that's what I've learned the most from him. It's pretty uh, profound, nice inward looking there. Um, (laughs) All right, man, last, last rapid fire for you. What trait of yours do you hope that crew inherits? I feel like I'm going back to the well over and over again on this one, but um, (laughs) I would say, I'd say it's hard work because I think that, um, you know, we talked about productivity kind of driving, being a driving force in society and, and the success of society in general. And so, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, leave someone on this earth to, to follow in my footsteps, I'd, I'd hope that they, they have that hard work. There are, uh, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> worse things man. to leave people with, man. That's, I love that. Yeah, man. Strong answers. 
Strong answers. You came out uh, swinging Chase, tonight on this episode, Chase. Man, I feel like I feel <laughs> like tugging at some heartstrings on this episode. I was nervous. I feel like I'm following up. Like I'm following up three times Super Bowl champs. I'm following like I'm following <laughs> up a lot of heavy hitters. And and uh, well, they were all garbage. Yeah, they all suck compared to you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> I hope it's we mainly, do, I hope we can do this more often, even with the cameras, with the, with the with the recording off. So I can absolutely a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, Chaser, please, uh, before we get out of here, please um, tell folks <coughs> about um, about PowerDot. How can people find out about PowerDot? Give us um, uh, give us a rundown and uh, plug the company. Yeah, totally. Um, we are the world's smartest muscle recovery performance and pain relief tool. And, uh, I second that we, we are, we are making, <laughs> we are, we are giving people access to tools that they otherwise would not have access to, um, in those regards. And so, um, you can find us at powerdot.com or at my on Instagram. And we actually, um, you guys were, were gracious enough to hook up our listeners with a uh, code for 20% off a purchase of anything on powerdot.com and that the code is dad20 dad20 and of course we'll have all that in the show notes but um for for all those folks I might one of my favorite ads I've seen for powerdot and I don't know if you guys did it or if Lonnie did it himself but it was like Lonnie sitting Lonnie Paxson is you know like you said three time super bowl <clears throat> winner long snapper for the patriots so this guy's huge right and he's like sitting at this tiny desk during COVID at his house. And he's got the, he's got the power dot on like across his lower neck. And uh, he's like, you know, power dot saved my life because of uh, having to sit all day doing all this virtual learning stuff. And I'm like, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The uh, it's pretty on point. It's amazing that how much you, the message of the moment, right? It, you can use <laughs> yeah, it yeah, so yeah. much. You don't even have to go out and like, grind on a hard workout or anything like that. It can just be like, well, parenting kicked my ass today. So I'm going to power dot. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) No, I think, I I think that's, you know, we, we've definitely marketed towards, towards athletes, but the, the reality is for anybody listening to this, it's, it's not just for athletes. This is a, this is a tool that can be used by people sitting at their home desk, helping their kids with virtual learning or, or, or whatever, whatever kind of causes stress, tension, um, pain, uh, like yeah. soft tissue pain in your, in your life, it can, can be drastically improved by, <laughs> by using this product. And so, um, it feels good to be able to, to provide more, more and more people access to that. I emailed Eric not long after we had him on the show, my dad, um, tore his meniscus <clears throat> and was just miserable. And it was right in that like weird window where like they weren't doing outpatient surgeries and all this kind of stuff. So he, he had to wait a couple of weeks before he could get it repaired. And I was like, dad, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but take this thing, hook it up to your knee, like wear it out. And he was doing it like twice a day and it made such a huge difference in his, my, my dad's a freaking, his nickname is Anvil. Like the guy does not feel pain. <laughs> and this, the, the meniscus had him on his ass and power dot really made a huge difference for him just from his day to day, being able to kind of get around until he had his surgery. Um, so it was really cool to see it in a, in a moment of like true need to see it, to see it work. It was, it was really neat to, to be able to have it, to, to use it for that. 
That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. That's so still to this day, like one piece of the, of the business that I have yet to give up is I run the Instagram account, like full, oh, cool. everything that's posted, I post and every DM well, most DMS that come in, there's a couple of people that have access. So some people like infringe on my route on, on my area <laughs> or something like that, but you can tell them off right now. if you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but one of the most rewarding aspects of the business is to be able to read through the DMS and see people tell me that they, they used it for whatever, whatever reason that they used it for. Um, and that it, and that it was the only thing that helped them. And so, um, m- m- maybe that's why I'm so reluctant to give that up, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge cool factor for me. Um, yeah, but on the, flip, on, the, on the flip side can also, I, I always tell people, sometimes I feel like the grim reaper because, uh, <laughs> some of our best relationships have been created through injuries within athletes, right? Somebody will get hurt and I'm like, Hey, just throwing this out there. <laughs> this can help you. I know you're at the lowest point in your career right now, but this can help you. Like yeah. that's actually what happened with Lawson Craddock. Yeah. Um, when Lawson crashed at the tour de France, this is, this, this is the story with Kevin Sprouse as well. When, when Lawson crashed at the Tour de France, I reached out to him on Instagram and I'm like, this guy's racing the Tour de France. There's no way he's going to get back to me, right? Five minutes later, he's like, yeah, I'd love to try that. I'll do anything. I'm just trying to race the rest of this race. Yeah. The hardest cycling race in the world, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now how do... How in the hell do I get? This? <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's How not like they're I in the same through? place for you know yeah. very long at all, right? So I, my so reply I was, was "Oh, dude, I didn't think you'd reply." Yeah, exactly. Uh, Try to get you one, but but anyway, we sent it to Kevin, who was like happening to like be flying out the next day, so we overnighted it to him, and he flew it to Lawson, and and uh, lo and behold, Lawson kind of it was one of the things that helped him race the race that year, just because there was so much inflammation in his, in his shoulder that it was, I will never forget. I mean, cause I've known Kevin for a handful of years. Um, and that I mean, Lawson hit the freaking deck hard, man. That was, that yeah. was, that was, I mean, I'm a huge cycling fan my whole life. And that was one of the worst crashes I've seen. And I remember watching, I think it, it was it was right it must have been right after Kevin got there because I remember watching an interview that NBC Sports was doing with Lawson after a stage and Kevin's standing right behind Lawson and he's got the freaking power dot on his shoulder and they're standing outside of the bus and I was like oh that's cool you know like just yeah. seeing all of it but um it's it's pretty crazy man it is it really is a um I got I got it's, it's total tangent on it but I just when we when we got ours it was one of those things where I was like, I'm only going to use it after like my long runs, you know, cause I only need to use it after, I don't need to use it after a, after I'm tough. A, a three or a five mile run. Cause why would I do that? I do that. You know, that's, and now it is a nightly thing. Cause I, it just feels fantastic. And you just, you're, you feel better. I mean, it's, it's weird how just even after like your everyday, like baseline workout, it just makes such a huge difference in your recovery um and your performance the next day i mean it really it's it's mind-boggling the difference that it makes it's our whole conversation has been talking about like generational advancements yeah and no like doubt. A, how how we all are given like these new tools power dot is advanced as shit and giving everybody the access to this level of care um to a t man to come full circle 
all we did this whole episode was talk about what powered up brings. <laughs> and I started the episode by saying we weren't going to do that. So see what I did there. <laughs> like full circle, I like buddy. Full I really circle. appreciate it, guys. Um, no, this is. This oh, thank you, man. It's been an thank honor you to be on the podcast. Um, I was I was stoked when uh, when you guys asked me to come on. So no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Cool, guys. As we know, everything we talked about, and especially uh, PowerDot and the discount code, will be on our show notes. Please make sure to check it out. And um, also, Chase's today, today's dad definition and video will be up there as well. Yeah, absolutely. You guys can always head to wakededrinkrepeat.com to find those show notes. <laughs> Mike, Mike totally butchered this, so that's why we're sitting here. Like, <laughs> I just can't. Shit. You know, I, I can't. Say, it seems like you guys are fucking this up right now. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Please leave that in. Please leave all of us in. Because uh, it's, just, it's just too good. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Robert Navalchik, thanks again so much for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, no. Guys, please make sure you check out our show notes at wakedadrinkrepeat.com. We'll have our discount code for PowerDot up there. And please make sure you uh, check out uh, Chase's Today's Dad video as well. <laughs> guys, we really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> oh, we fucking made it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Our show music is written and performed by Jordan Burris and produced by Jordan Burris and Asher Smith. We always love hearing from you. Head to wakedadrinkrepeat.com, send us guest recommendations, or give us your thoughts on the show.